A reading from St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 18. Peter came and said to Jesus, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother or sister if they sin against me? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him ten thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. The Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their lord all that had taken place. Then his lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave, as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my Heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. If you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart, this last word of Jesus in the parable of the wicked slave may still confound us. Many people say, I want to forgive, and I forgave, but in my heart, anger and hatred resurface at the memory of the past. You still suffer from hateful things and interior wounds. How can I forgive from my heart? We have heard this parable many times, but there are some details in this parable often looked over. First, the state of the slave. The master owns the slave, and whatever a slave has already belongs to the master. It does not make sense that a slave repays to the master. A slave is not paid. Where does he get the money 
A slave is not in a position to take a loan from his master. It sounds like the master borrows from himself. He can only ask for his mercy. Second, the amount of debt the wicked slave owes. The ten thousand talents equal to ten thousand years' income. But how could a slave who doesn't have any income, credit, or collateral owe this much? This slave must have caused damage, amounting to ten thousand talents. This impossible debt clearly indicates that the restoration of the damage is far beyond his state and power. Third, the fellow slave, and a hundred denarii, can slaves. Of the same master, lend and borrow as freemen do. No, because all they have and they themselves are the master's possession. No slave can claim private possession. The master may allow his slaves to use his possessions as if they own them, but he can always reclaim them. A hundred denarii were equal. To a hundred days' wage in ancient times, even if the slaves lends and borrows among themselves, all the money actually belongs to the master. If a slave causes damage to another slave, he actually owes to the master for the damage. Thus, the wicked slave. Didn't have the right to demand the repayment from the other slave, as if he was the lender or as if he was the owner of any possession. At baptism and confession, sins are forgiven. But have you thought about what forgiveness we receive in these sacraments? We are forgiven of mortal sins. That deserve eternal torture in hell. Mortal sins sever the relationship with God. Can we restore the broken relationship on our own? No. First, it's because we are like a slave who doesn't own anything. All we think we have or we can do are already of God's. Once we damage the relationship with the Lord by mortal sins, we have nothing to repay. Secondly, we cannot restore the relationship because it is absolutely beyond our capability, like repaying the ten thousand talents, as Jesus tells us through Abraham, who held the poor Lazarus in his bosom. In another parable. No one can cross over to hell to help. Nevertheless, out of mercy and goodness, Christ saves us from that impassable pit of eternal punishment. At baptism and confession, on behalf of us, Christ pays for the damages we have caused. He saves and restores on His own. We are liberated from our debt without charge. 
when we realize how much of mercy we receive at the sacraments, our hearts cannot but be filled with joy and thanksgiving. We are saved from the fires of hell without our effort and work when we justly deserve them. Then let us look at our wound. Like a hundred denarii, our wounds by others are much lighter compared to our mortal sins against the Lord. And more importantly, because all of us belong to God, God shares our hurts and pains as His own, just as any injury of the slaves damages the master's ownership. The true owner of ours, our Creator, suffers first when we hurt. We might think we are the only ones whose heart suffers, but the Sacred Heart of Jesus suffers first. When we realize all belong to Christ, we finally see that the brother or sister who sins against us is not the other, but we. The forgiveness of others is self-reconciliation. When our heart is filled with gratitude and joy, there will be no place for anger and hatred. When our heart is overflowed with thanksgiving and peace, there will be no more suffering of the unforgiving heart. <laughs>